Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Carlson Cards Podcast. One of the things I think we all run into as collectors that's a bit of a dilemma is do you go for a quantity, you know, a ton of different cards that you really like or go for quality? Try to stick to just really specific cards and sets that you're looking for. What I like about today's collector is he is more on the quality side of things. While I'm over here a little more chaotic with what I'm collecting currently, our guest Ben is very, very deliberate in targeting extremely rare and scarce cards that you just do not see. I really enjoyed this conversation. We talked about a lot of different football players and cards that mean a ton to Ben. And it's really interesting trying to learn a little more about how do you go about acquiring cards that are impossible to find while also funding them and being intelligent about it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Carlson Cards podcast. A fantastic episode today that I'm very, very excited about. Um, I have a guest on today who is he's a hot commodity. He's hard to get on to talk. I mean, he's so busy and he's got just amazing cards. You know, the, the paparazzi is out to get him all the time. So I'm glad we can finally make it work in our schedule. Just teasing, of course. But uh, we have on today Ben at Brooklynberry Bright on Instagram. Um, we both collect very similar types of cards, and I'm very, very excited to dive into some different players, especially here today. Uh, so, Ben, thanks for hopping on. How's everything going? Austin, great to be here, man. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I don't know about the paparazzi stuff, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate being here. and I really uh, thank you for what you're doing and bringing on uh, collectors on a weekly basis. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate you hopping on. Like I just mentioned, it's fun. I love like being able to get face to face now here too. And we ideally would have at the national, but I know you couldn't make it. And so now it's kind of fun. We get to talk and then hopefully, you know, in person when we get a chance, that'll be amazing too, I'm sure. Absolutely. So I was wondering, Ben, if we could start with a quick like uh, about yourself and then maybe tie in um, obviously how cards fits into this. But I'd love to just if you could start with a little bit about who you are I and mean, where you're from. Uh, just get the audience aware of uh, where what you're coming in with here. Yeah, sure. Very briefly, I'm 37 years old. I live in Brooklyn presently. I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, I went to Binghamton. I graduated in 08. I did track and field when I was there. Then I went to law school at Penn State. I graduated law school in 2011. And ever since that time, I've been doing, uh, I'm representing victims in medical malpractice. So I've been doing that for over 10 years now. Uh, in terms of cards, I collected when I was a kid. Um, for, for many years, and I ended up not having anything of any significance, unfortunately, when I went back and looked. And then I got out of it when I was in high school, and like a lot of other people, uh, once COVID hit, I was stuck in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, and it was going absolutely insane, so I was like, got to do something. And that's when I got back into the cards. So that's, that's a very brief summary as to myself and how I got back in. So when you first got in there, Ben, I have to ask you, because I, I know talking prior and all the conversations we've had, out of anyone in the card hobby that I've messaged with, it's probably us. Because I looked back, I was trying to find our prior chats, and it's insane over one week how many how many messages we have. <laughs> um, but I was going to ask, I don't I don't know if I know fully, like, um, let's call it like your high level journey of like where you came in, what you were kind of buying, and then if you had steps along the way between where you are now. Are you able to kind of isolate that maybe between the different um, stepping stones in your journey? I'd love to hear what that's been like for the last three years here. Yeah, sure. So when I first started, I had literally no idea what I was doing. Um, I just started listening to any podcasts that I could find, anything to basically educate myself. I just started going back into football in, I would say, probably like the late 90s to the, the 2010, 2011 timeframe, because that's when I watched football the most and I had the most memories of it. And then I start, I met uh, other collectors like Caleb Power Wheels, who you've had on. I've known him for over three years now, uh, Mad Mike. Uh, he's a Joe Montana collector. Uh, you know, I just started messaging with them on IG. And initially I was just, 
ironically, I had a very small and modest Tom Brady PC that I was starting to put together. And, you know, I was just buying cards on eBay, trying to get them cheap, flip them to fund, you know, my, my own PC. And then once Brady won the Super Bowl in early 2021, his cards took off. And then at that point, I was really thinking, you know, a lot of people were showing their collections and I was like, I don't have anything of any significance. I will never be able to get any of these cars. And I kind of decided after, you know, talking to some of my friends that I really just kind of want to restart a new collection and try to have the best PC of that person that I can have. So, you know, I went back and was thinking about, you know, players I loved watching when I was growing up. And one that came to mind was LT. Um, I've always been a huge LT fan. I loved, I was never a Chargers fan, so to speak, but I always loved watching him. Um, he's also just a great person, someone that, you know, I really respect. Then also too, when I started doing research at that time, he was exceedingly cheap compared to a lot of other people. So at that time I started to start my, my LT collection. That's when I really dug, you know, I dived into LT. And then later in uh, 2021, I started my Strayhand PC. And then in early 2022 is when I started Manning. So uh, that's basically the, the, the brief version of it, so to speak. No, I appreciate that. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll pull up an image here because I think, I don't know if this is how I, re I think this might be like, we probably chatted prior, but when you posted this, I, this is, this is like last year, maybe or a year and a half ago now at this point, this image. I, I don't, it, it might've been early this year simply because I posted it after I got the 2011 mosaic. So, oh, that's right. Okay. So I think I was yeah. aware of your chase of what you were going after and the player we're looking at is Peyton Manning. And ironically, I, I, what you just said, like, right. You saw the Brady collectors that seemed like, you know, you weren't going to be able to climb that mountaintop, you know, in a short period of time. Uh, but what you did, and I, I guess it sounds like less than two years is incredible where you kind of um, sounds like went from zero to, I, I would say the best shiny quality collection that I'm aware of for Peyton Manning. Um, so I'd love if you could tell me about the significance of what we have in front of us, maybe describe any of the cards you talk about. So somebody who's just listening, you know, can, understand what we're seeing in front of us. Um, I'd love to hear the inspiration here for this photo and kind of how you dove into this lane of your collection. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. And, and just to, to, to clarify for the record, I definitely don't think I have the best shiny collection. I mean, you know, all, all like the late 90s stuff, you know, the PMGs, the, the Central Credentials, the Rubies, I don't have any of those. Those are incredible cards as well. Uh, I should, so we'll you're right, I should have said 2000s, the stuff I really yeah. like. Yeah, so, the stuff so we'll, I really like. So for the podcast listeners, we're looking at um, my finest super short print run for Manning, which includes the O2 finest, the X-Fractor at a 20, uh, the gold refractor at a 25. And then for 05 and old six, there's the gold X-Fractors at a 10. And then for 10 and 11, they're the mosaic uh, refractors at a 10. So I guess I'm curious if you could start with maybe, how did you isolate that? Like these were the six you wanted to go after, right? I know there's a lot of years, a lot of parallels. Why did these six resonate with you that you wanted to pursue them? Sure. So again, I have to go to my hobby friends, you know, uh, you know, like Caleb, you know, uh, Justin, Tommy, Vavol uh, and NC for Justin, uh, Tommy Toploader, Mike, you know, after talking to them and just seeing other people's collections, like, you know, like Kevin's, everyone else's these cards are the ones that always stuck out to me as aesthetically being the most pleasing um and also too in combination with the scarcity you know and just looking over all the years and this would be i would say for like you know from like say 2000 to 2011 of all the refractor shiny cards 
in my opinion, I think these are the, the best looking ones. Um, you know, with, with Bowman, they're, they're nice, but I used to have all the LTs, but again, kind of plain designs with, with tops Chrome, uh, there's, they're all over the place in terms of consistency, in terms of the serial numbers, in terms of what they look like. And again, tops fine, you know, fine has definitely had some, you know, not great years, but overall, I think these years in, in front of us are, are by far the best refractors for that era. So when you when you set up a chase like this, like again, I'm envisioning you know myself or someone who's listening, and you know they have a maybe a player in mind, and it doesn't have to be sets particularly, right? But you have like let's just say again, you have six cards, super short print, very very tough to find. They don't pop up for sale. How did you decide? I guess I should put this way: What was your game plan moving forward when you decided these were the ones you want to do? How did you even go about finding them? Especially again, knowing I know we chatted before some of these there's never been a public sale of. So how did you even find some of these? Sure. So I guess starting in chronological order, the O2, uh, the, the gold, I got from a collector who was essentially liquidating his PC. So that's where I got, I got a raw copy of the Manning, which I graded and got a 10. And then I also had another copy that was a 10 that I, I sold to Joey, the E-Trader. You had two, um, you had two of these? At one point I did, yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Before I knew, before I knew you, so it was, yeah. <laughs> don't be upset. Because so there's four, uh, and this one's interesting because there's four. I have one, you have one. Joey has one and then I, Drake, has the, Drake has the other. Yeah. So those are the yeah. four. That's kind of crazy. Yep. So then after that, the next one I got was the X Fractor and that was Chris uh, distress cards. You know, I saw on his page that he had it and I, I just opened up a dialogue with him and said, listen, I'm thinking about starting this run. You know, would you be open to maybe moving it down the road? And we had a conversation over the course of months and by conversation, I mean, I was basically harassing him like every week, just, just asking him to please sell it to me. So, you know, I think one of the reasons he decided to move it to me is just because he knew I wasn't going to flip it. He knew that I was for uh, part of a run I was putting together. So I was able to work out a deal with Chris that included cash and then some trade. Um, the next one I got was at the National in 2021. And, you know, Gunther actually messaged me saying, hey, I have this uh, the 06 gold extractor PSA 9. It's a pop one done higher. He's like, this is the price. I tried to haggle with him. He said, I'm not haggling. This is the price. So basically, at that point, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of cards that I got from this collector that was like Greetings PC. There are lots of nice stuff, like, you know, like late 90s gold refractors, early years finest. So basically, I went to a dealer at the National, sold all that stuff to that dealer, and then used that cash to get the 06 gold X Fractor. Um, the next one I got was the Mosaic 2010 out of 10. I got that from Paul, uh, World Combat. Again, he knew at that point that actually, yeah, I think he, yeah, he was a, that was the next one. So he knew at that point that I was putting the set together. And I, I basically just overpaid for it. Like I knew what he paid for it very recently because I think Gunther sold it to him. So I basically just overpaid for it because I knew I was putting the set together and I knew that there was only 10 copies. Um, and by far, I would say the most magical one on this uh, picture is the 05, uh, gold extractor out of 10. So this is a PSA nine, it's a pop one. Uh, last time I checked, there are no other graded copies. And, you know, in talking to Chad, who I, I bought it from, and I think I was also messaging with Kevin during this time period is that there, to, there's only been one sale of this card, or the only this is the only copy that has ever popped up uh, ever. So Again, at this point, I had a few a few of this set going. Uh, I messaged Chad, and basically, over the course of a few months, I was able to uh, 
I think basically he just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to flip it. And then also too, I included a, uh, the 99 essential credentials and then I threw cash on top. So listen, I definitely, I think paid more than what market value was for it. But at the same time, I just knew that, you know, out of all the, out of all the years of tops finance, I really love the O5 gold X the most aesthetically pleasing. Um, I've never seen an LT for this card. Um, you know I mean, they're very hard to find. So I knew that this was basically my only chance of ever getting this card. And, you know, and then Chad was gracious enough to let me acquire it. And, you know, that, that's by far my favorite card um, of the six. And then ironically, the last one, the 2011 Mosaic, was just a simple eBay snipe um, from a seller who I offered to buy it from months prior at a, at a higher price. And he told me to go scratch. And then he listed on eBay for much cheaper. And uh, one of my buddies, uh, Modest Cars, he's, he messaged a group chat I'm in, and I just immediately binned it. Um, so again, this actually only took a little over a year, which was kind of surprising. Um, but this is by far the most satisfying uh, collection, I guess, part of my collection I put together to date. And this is something that is it's irreplaceable. You know what I mean, I, I don't think I would ever, I would never move these cards. Um, these are always the cards I, I look at when I take out my PC. I just really enjoy looking at them and just knowing it's so hard to put these together. Do you feel like the, you know, you like you mentioned and the crazy part, and I think I mentioned at the beginning, like putting together in um, a little over a year, a little close to a year there, like you said, um, one thing that comes to mind there is like, I wonder if now that you've done it, I don't think that's possible again, right? Like that's the crazy thing to think about. Like the one, the one single copy that you got was probably the only one that was hanging around, right? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think well, about that? Well, I, I think uh, to Captain Kevin, I think he has all these except for the 05. And okay. I think uh, Drake has all of them except for the 05 and the 06. So other people are close. Um, but again, I think it, it would just take a, a very, I mean, I don't know what happened to the other nine of the 05. I mean, you would think that there's some still around. I don't know if they're just in someone's binder or a box somewhere. But I mean, like for the LT, I've been putting, I've been chasing these cards for LT since I started my LT PC. And I've never seen an O2 X out of 20. And I've never seen a O5 gold X out of 10. They've just never, uh, there's one one copy has sold a few times for the gold X05, but the last one was years ago. There's never been a public sale for the X Factor to 20 for LT that I'm aware of. So these cars are just very hard to find. I mean, I think it would be very difficult to, to replicate this uh, moving forward. What would you say is your biggest um, learning lesson or two here from this from this chase? What, what would you say you learned now that if you were to try something similar in the future, you could apply moving forward? I think it's just being respectful to everyone and just, you know, creating relationships. I mean, basically every single one of these cards came from a relationship that I had with someone in the hobby that, you know, I've had, you know, basically since I got back in. And I think just people want to know that a grail, really unique card like this is going to someone that's going to appreciate it and who's not going to turn around and flip it immediately. So I think it's just, it's just building relationships. You know I mean? People have to know that you're, you know, a decent person and, you're not going to try to take advantage of them. I think also too, you know, just coming in strong when you, in terms of an offer, like knowing that, you know, you're going to probably have to overpay for these to a certain extent. Like obviously you don't want to go crazy, but at the same time with some of these cards, you may never get another shot. I mean, the good thing is, is like for the 2011 mosaic, that same seller had another copy that he posted like a day or two later. And I know Drake got that one. So he was, Drake was looking for that one for a while. So 
Um, you know, sometimes with one of these cells, other ones pop up, but in general, they're, they're quite hard to find. And one other question that comes back maybe to that 06 there, I know part of what we talked about before even the call and what I'm aware that you've, you've had, you had done this in the past and you're really happy about it. It sounds like, but just the consolidation, like turning quality or quantity, like you said, you buy a collection of a bunch of really, I'm sure cards that you enjoy looking at. And then you turn that now into one. Um, have you ever regretted doing that? Is there ever a time where you're like, you know, you don't prefer the quality over the quantity, like you wish you could go back and take the cards that you had traded into it or kind of in a way traded into it? No, I mean, I, I have not. I mean, but again, I think that's a, it's a personal choice. I know some collectors who, you know, prefer uh, just to have a lot of cards and that's perfectly fine. Um, but but for, for me, I've always been, and that's just my personality, other aspects of my life as well, is I like to be concentrated, you know, in a few things. So with cards, I think that was going to be my natural end point no matter what. And a lot of the cards, basically, there's only a few cards I can think of that I kind of regret selling. Um, but basically, every other card is a card that I know I can get back at some point in time. A lot of them were at a 50, at a 99, 100. So my rationale is always if I can consolidate, say, 10 to 20 cards that I know I can get back if I ever want them into one that I may not get another shot at, I'll, I'll make that choice you know, every day of the week. Awesome. That totally makes sense. What's awesome too about these um, cards in front of us that I'm aware of since I've followed these sets, there's only one on here that's ever come to auction, which I think is just that O2 gold. I don't think any of these have ever gone to auction since I've followed it in the last two, three years, right? There's none, none of these have ever come to public auction. No, not, not that I'm aware of. I mean, you won the, the gold, the O2 gold when I think it was a, a BJS 95 that you won. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I crossed it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the only other one I think that has sold publicly was I think Brett's brother sniped oh, the yes. oh, the O six gold X when it was listed at like three AM or something. <laughs> um and so but I think those are the only and then Drake got the eleven mosaic. But I think to my knowledge, those are the only sales that I can that I know of. Um you know, since I've been back in. Probably tells you you're buying the right stuff. I don't know. Maybe just me, but <laughs> I hey, they're they're also pretty cars. I mean that's, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, next couple cards, I'd love if we could run through some of these. I know you mentioned um, some of these are like an honorable mention, and I feel like a lot of the questions I'm gonna and going to and want to ask you tied a lot of these cards. I feel like it's a natural way to just keep flowing with the cards here. Yeah, sure. So the uh, the one on the left is a 2004 finest. It's it's a gold X Fractor. I don't know why PSA labels it that the way it does, but um, it's a gold X Fractor. It's out of five. So you know that is the rarest. For LT, it's the rarest, to my knowledge, finest of uh, refractor from a San Diego playing days. Um, for like 04 finest is a little weird. I know it's not everyone's favorite year, and I definitely agree with that. Um, but for certain players, like for Manning, Brady, LT, Moss, their gold refractor is not serial numbered. Um, I think it's out of 50. And then they also have the gold X Fractor, which is out of five. So this one just popped up. I think about a year ago um, when I was on vacation, this is the first public sale, I think in like 15 years. So I just immediately been that one. What do you, what are you, uh, are you on the beach here while you're looking on eBay or something? What's up with that? No, we just got back from a, a hike in North Carolina. So oh, I just okay, was, yeah. and which is very interesting is that guy, the guy on eBay uh, bought a collection out. So like, you know, a few of my other buddies got like these gold extractors for their players. So it was really cool. Interestingly, so like, what's the story here with the, I see these, this is like a die cut. I mean, not die cut, yep. but the edges, I don't know what you call that. What, what are the edges like this called? Do you know what this is called? 
I think it would be like perforated or die cut. Okay. I, I think that would be the term. But uh, but yeah, it has like the little perforations on the edge. Um, and for some of the players, the, the only difference between the base and the the extractor, I think, is the actual etching at the at the edge of the card. But for like LT and Brady and Moss, there you have a base gold which has just normal edges and it's a flat refractor look. But then the, the gold extractor is kind of a completely different card in a way. Um, so that, that I think that's what makes it particularly cool for the players in 04 who have the X-Fractor that's out of five. Because I know some X-Fractor is out of like 150 or 175. Do you know where this card, how was it inserted to? Are you aware of like how it was pulled or anything like that? I I don't know for this year. I, I, I wish we know. had documentation on that. I always wonder because like some of these, it's like they look so funky. I can't imagine them being in a pack, you know, but they probably were. But yeah. I don't know for this year. Kind of interesting. I always wonder that. <laughs> So what's the, what's the other card we have here on the right? I, I mean, obviously looking at it, this is an amazing one, but I'd love to hear the story here of like how you isolated you wanted this one and maybe, you know, where you found it. Sure. So for those on podcasts, this is 2006 National Treasures. Uh, this is a shield, uh, NFL shield for uh, the Dane Tomlinson. You know, I just really, I, I like the shield cards. I think it's cool to have the shield on the front. And, you know, for LT, he has a lot of, you know, with the way the jersey you know, the, the makeup of the jersey, there's tons of three-color patches and things like that. So just getting the NFL shield, I think, for any player is super unique. And, you know, I've done a few times that I've gone through the the Beckett checklist to try to estimate, you know, how many, you know, game-used shield cards there are for LT from his San Diego playing days. And I think there's about 30 or so. So I've always, whenever one of these has popped up, I always go after it to the, to the best that I can. Um and I, I just really particularly love the design on this one. And this was just a, a recent eBay purchase. I have not actually even posted this to my IG yet. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like this because this is now my third shield card that I have for, for LT. So um, I'm almost trying to add these when I can. So in terms of a hierarchy, like if you own three of them um, or if you have other opportunities to add more, what do you think kind of um, distinguishes these amongst themselves? Like, do you have a tier list of like, okay, I have the three. I like this one the most. Here's why, you know, that kind of thing. Do you have anything to add there? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I think that the top would be like the ultimate collection of the, the exquisites. Um, and I that's know because of the set, right? Not necessarily design, but because of the legacy of the set, would you say, or? I think it's a set, but also the design, um, mm -hmm. you know, some of them have autos, but um, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the, the sets themselves. But in general, I like, uh, you know, the, the one, the 06 doesn't have the best shield window. And ideally, I would like the the shield. I would like a full equipment shield. I've only ever seen one for LT. Um, all the other ones are like little smaller patch windows. But I would also like to get at some point in time one that has an on-card auto. Um, but again, just one hasn't really popped up that I've that I've wanted. So it's um you know it's slim pickings for these. I mean, if you can get a, a shield, a game use shield patch for any player that you're collecting, I would definitely you know highly recommend it because they're they're hard to come by, and I, I personally like the look of them. So, question for you: um, I was going to ask, like, so when I think of LT and some of these, like Marshall Falk, like some of these running backs, I, not in a way, not saying this hype them up, but like they seem very underappreciated for the in terms of the legacy. And like, if you talk to a football person like you know maybe who's involved with the league and you asked about lt marshall falk they'd probably talk your ear off about how the great they were and important for the game and everything then in terms of the hobby i feel like that doesn't resonate like i don't see enough of it like i see you and there's definitely other lt collectors but like marshall falk you know there's definitely some too but 
I guess when I compare it to what like modern running backs, the prices of these things, like it's just absurd. Um, so I'd love to understand why do you think these guys don't get appreciated? What, what is, what is the mainstream? What are people missing? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, when I first started, it was really, um, uh, Mike, he has always been a longtime LT collector. Um, him and I first bonded over LT actually. So, and then as I've been on IG longer, there have been a, a decent amount more people who have been collecting LT and I've actually met a few longtime collectors on there. So there definitely is a, a collector base for him. I just don't know if they're as vocal as, you know, like, you know, the Brady's or the Manning's or, or whatever. Um, but also too, I just don't know running backs and certain wide receivers just don't get hobby love. I, I don't know if there's really like a logical explanation for it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's, and that's like, um, I'm trying to think too, from the wide receiver perspective, but like, even like, I don't know, just make this up like Larry Fitzgerald, right? I feel like I see for every Larry Fitzgerald card I see, I might see 10 Kelvin Johnson's for every LT card. I see, I might see, you know, just making this up like 10 Emmett Smith or something. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it is like that for some reason. I don't, I don't have a hypothesis really either. And I do wonder too, to just thinking about is, you know, you know, LT's rookie year was one So he missed all like the late nineties stuff. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't any PMG at Central Financial Rubies. So I wonder if that has something to do with it because like the kind of the era where he was in for San Diego from like 01 to 09, you know, the sets are, are really cool, obviously, but I definitely think like the late 90s stuff, just from like a set perspective, um, really, I, I wonder if that anchors people, you know, because obviously with, with Sanders and Emmett, you know, you have, they're in all those amazing sets. And also too, I think maybe just people are starting to, I definitely have seen a rise in his prices over the last two years. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think people are, are starting to, you know, catch on. And also, too, I think in general, I think a lot of the the RB statistics will be hard to, you know, replicate moving forward. You know, even like looking at uh, just besides LT, like like if you look at some of these, you know, players' stats in terms of the receptions. Like, I mean, LT had a, I think it was his third season. I think he had a thousand. Oh, he was the first running back with a thousand rushing yards and a hundred catches. So I mean, I think it's 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 it's, it's going to be hard to replicate some of these stats moving forward. Especially like healthiness and usage rate, like stuff like that. Yes. I just don't see the legacy um, staying around like he did. Awesome. Agreed, I'll, I'll go to the next one here. I think we have um, another honorable mention. Uh, this is a different player than we've talked about so far, but you mentioned that you collect him. So I'd love to learn more about this card. Yep. So, you know, this is Michael Strahan, you know, obviously living in New York. I've been a Giants fan my entire life, uh, you know, sadly <laughs> for most of it. And, you know, so some of the best, probably one of the best like sports watching memories I have is when, you know, Strahan won the beat sadly the, the Patriots <laughs> and ruined Tom Brady's perfect season. And that was Michael's last game. Uh, and that was just such a great moment. I was in, you know, my last year of school, you know, I, I remember watching that entire playoff run and just for, to see, to see him win a championship in his last game after sticking around for all those years was just such an awesome moment. And, you know, when I started collecting him, I just wanted to get the best cards of him that I could. And the, the card up on the screen is actually his 99 uh, rubies, which is out of 30. And, you know, I really like this card. It has to be under the right light, but definitely in this image on the screen, it's it's definitely a, a gorgeous card. It looks like snow is falling. Like, I don't even know how else to describe it, but it's just like, just, I don't know, a beautiful Christmas morning. That's what this looks like from the photo. <laughs> and the uh, and what and the thing is too with, with Strahan is that he's not in, a lot of the nice sets like he's in some of the nice sets in the late 90s but you know he has a 98 and 99 pmg but he's not in 97 um you know he's not 
he doesn't have this, he doesn't have an essential credentials. He doesn't have a, a brilliant skull 24 karat. So he's not in a lot of these like super high end sets. So just to get anything for him in one of these nicer sets, I always try to grab. So in terms of like, um, I know you're someone who's very, very clear with yourself, or at least um, in terms of when you add something, it seems like you have pretty strong boundaries. Like it, it's a big deal if a card I would imagine goes into your PC. So what, what about this one was, was enough to where you're like, okay, this card is definitely coming in, but then let's say some of the similar maybe types of sets in this era, maybe some of them you don't say, I want to go after this and why the star rubies here? Yeah, I think just like, it's, it's an important set. And also too, just aesthetically, I really like this card a lot. So I think it's just, uh, what I like to do is I like to try to make a list of cards I'm going after for, you know, uh, at this point, LT and Strahan. I have a list on my phone. I try to review it like maybe twice a year just to, just to keep it updated. And I try to really stick that list unless something comes up that I was completely unaware of or like, you know, I changed my mind. But, you know, that, that's basically why I try to, that's how I try to curate things just to prevent. Because when I first started, I was buying constantly and I just ended up with a bunch of stuff that I could care less about. Then I had to go through the effort of selling it all. So I wanted to try to avoid that again. So r right now I just have a list that, that I try to stick to. That makes sense. Do you ever find like one fear I have if I ever, I'm sure again, hopefully get to like a really point where it's super focused on quality. Do you ever find yourself lacking in the mail days feeling and you like are, you, you know, you're missing it a little bit, then you make a buy that you end up like, why did I do that? Do you ever do that? <laughs> I, I do definitely from time to time, of course, but uh, yeah. I, I try to, I, I think that, you know, you know, in like uh, some of my other friends have done this as well. Like I'm not the first one doing this, obviously. Like uh, Caleb has been doing this over the past, you know, few years with his, you know, Brady stuff. Um, I think once you start doing it, uh, like I found that I really enjoyed it. And I actually enjoyed like, you know, waiting and waiting for the next one to pop up. And when it does pop up, it's something I'm really going to go after that I can't stop thinking about like during the entire auction or um, whatever. So I, I think it's also just a, a personal preference. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, they're, it, there's nothing wrong with however you collect, but uh, I just have found this to be the the one that I like the most. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And I love the insight here because it's a, I think it's a unique way. I think a lot of us um, probably, you know, like I, I, like I love that I need the mail day every week or I start to get agitated and want to go pick something <laughs> up, but I respect the self uh, self-control that you have here. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm older Austin, you know, so there's, <laughs> I guess there's some good things that come with it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, so now we have a Mount Rushmore that is absolutely incredible. I would love to hear more about the cards here. Feel free to start with whatever one you want, um, but maybe again, just a reminder to describe the card like you have been, just so people know what we're talking sure. about here. So all the way to the right is the the 2001 Bowman Chrome Gold Refractor for LT out of 99, and it's a BGS 10. So the reason why I put this necessarily wouldn't be my top four you know, if I had my own internal list, I don't think this would be a top four, but I wanted to put this on just to talk about because this was like the first big card that I bought in early 2021. And this was really when I decided to go, you know, all in on LT and really start the collection. I remember selling a bunch of cards. I remember the deals I did with people to raise the funds for it. And this has been kind of an anchor card, you know, for my LTPC. And I'm not a huge grade guy. But with this one being a BGS 10, it's the only BGS 10 of of this of this card. Then also to I would say his probably his, his other really good rookie card is the 01 
uh, TOPS Chrome Black Refractor of 100. There's no BGS 10 copy for that one. There's two PSA 10s. So arguably, this is like one of his best rookie cards. So, um, and again, this really started me down the path to, you know, collecting LT, which I really enjoy to this day. I mean, I love collecting his cards. I love going back and, you know, watching his YouTube highlights and things like that. So that's why that one's on there. So are these, these are numbered out of 99 then for the rookies Correct. as well here. Okay. Yep. And so when you, when this one pops up, what's, what's going on in your head when you're in 2001, um, you know, you see this one pop up a BGS 10, like how do you even approach and think about this card? Is it like an immediate, I have to have it, or did you mull it over for a while before you jumped really hard on it? If I recall correctly, I think I thought about it for a little bit because I had started to buy LT like right early in 2021 I was buying his gold refractors, you know, for Bowman Chrome, things like that. Nothing really huge. And then this one, I think I found this through IG maybe, or I forget how I found it. But I basically had to make a decision as to, you know, at that point, I sold the remaining Brady stuff that I had left. And I sold some other things, basically just to consolidate it into this card. Um, so it definitely was a process. You know, I basically worked out a deal with the guy and said, you know, if I can raise these funds in the next two weeks, you know, this is the price. So I definitely took my time on this one. That makes sense. And then was there any fear on your end? I know you're not someone like you self just described, not someone who's kind of a, I'll call it like a grade snob. Like I find myself being <laughs> that sometimes, like I just want the 10 for PSA and nothing else. But then, you know, I've kind of fallen away from that a little bit. Uh, but did you find yourself looking at this and thinking, well, crap, why don't I just go get a nine or an eight when I, you know, I might be paying way up just because it has a different number at the top there. I definitely have thought that I think that every time that a big card pops up and I'm like, I have to sell something <laughs> to pay for this new one. So this one may not be long for the collection, like super long term, just, just for that reason, you know, like you can get a B, a, you know, a PSA nine, you know, for probably a little over a thousand dollars at this point. So it's not a super, super expensive card if I wanted to downgrade, but it, it, that thought crosses my mind a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I know. And like looking at it, that's um, how do I say, like, I love the shock factor of this card, like just looking at it and you see the 10 and knowing these sets, knowing these years. And I'm thinking, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> it was it was great a long time ago. And I did actually uh, clean the case since that photo was posted. So it's that 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 scratch on the front there that that was on the case. and That's gone now. But um, but yeah, it's it's a beautiful card. I mean, the thing is too is I always think, oh yeah, it's just a it's just a label. But then you look at the card, you're like, I cannot find a single thing wrong with this no. card. And I've held a few others in hand at shows, and I could always, you know, you could always see like, oh, the centering is a little off. There's like this with it and that, and I I don't know. Maybe now that I have this one, I won't get rid of it. But it, it's definitely a struggle, you know, in terms of you know do, when do, when do you downgrade, and under what circumstances do you do it. I feel like that's also the, what you just kind of described the responsible way to approach the grade and the card is like, I, I mean, like everyone's okay. The graders are experts, right? But like to sanity check for yourself to ensure that if I were to happen to have to, whatever reason this was regraded, do you think it would actually match the grade that it says? Like, I don't know. Do you find yourself doing that? Like I bid on an auction this week. It's a set I know is very hard to get a 10 on, but the card matched it. But then sometimes I'll watch those auctions. And I'm like, I swear if I graded that tomorrow, that was not, there's no chance, right? Do you ever, do you ever find yourself doing that as well? There, there have been a few times where I, I specifically remember having the 01 uh, X-Fractor for Bowman Chrome for LT and it was graded PSA 10. And I could, like there was edging issues on the back and it was like, how, was it, how the hell did this get a 10? You know, so there definitely are, you know, times where I, I, you, know, you get a card, you're like, this should probably not be graded a 10 or whatever. 
Yeah, that always affects. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just wait for nine or whatever. Or, I'll, you know, that sort of thing. Because I'm basically holding a nine anyway is how I feel about it. Sometimes. Yeah, of course. What's the next card you want to touch on here? Sure. So the next one is a Michael Strahan card. It's a 2005 Leaf Certified Material uh, Mirror Black. It's a, it's a shield card. Um, so the reason why I put this one on the, the Mount Rushmore, so to speak, is simply because I think there's only four shield cards for Strahan during his playing years from you know, when, I, when I look through the checklist and everything. So just to have one of them is like super important. Um, again, because Strahan does, isn't in that many great sets. So just to have, you know, a game used NFL shield, you know, from his playing years is just something that, you know, is, is very important. Could you talk about the importance of Strahan maybe to you and then like in the grand scheme of the NFL? Because it's a guy where I know the name, I know his ranking on history, but beyond that, not having not been a Giants fan and him being right before really my time, I love you could just touch on like the importance of him as a player and maybe why, um, you know, he is such a firm spot in your PC here. Yeah, sure. So, you know, being born in the mid 80s, basically, as soon as I can remember watching football, Strahan was on the, I mean, Strahan was on the Giants his entire career. And basically all my memories of watching football as a kid, Strahan was on that team. He was, I would argue, the second best defensive player or probably player ever to play for the Giants behind uh, Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was, besides his, obviously people debate the sack record, uh, understandably so, but he was also a great run stopper. I mean, he was just, he, he could do it all. He was a great leader. And also just for me specifically, when I played football, you know, I played defensive end. So if I was watching the game, I would always be watching, you know, Strahan to see what he was doing, try to learn anything from it, as corny as that sounds. But um, but yeah, just like he was like the one constant throughout all those years, you know, on the Giants. Um, and he was arguably probably the best player for most of those years. How late did he play with them? Was he on that second New England versus New England Super no, Bowl he, or just the first one? Nope, he, re- he retired after the first one. Okay. Um, okay. So, wow, what you know, a way he, to go out though. Yeah, I think he I think he played 15 years all, all for the Giants. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, and, and also, too, like he's a he's a, he's a funny guy. Obviously, he's, he's now a <laughs> celebrity, so to speak. But uh, but yeah, he was just someone that I always remember watching you know, basically every week during my childhood and throughout my, you know, through college, you know, until the until the time they retired. Could, could you also, one other question on this card, could you tell me maybe a little bit more about the Leaf certified materials? It's like a set I, I've heard people bring up on here before. I think maybe in particular because of the patches. Is is there a huge importance to this set or it just happens to be you have this one because of the of the shield I, here? Well, it's, it's I like the sets in general. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think it was one of the first sets that really had the shield. There may have been other ones before it, but... But you I know, feel like this least... is one you see fairly often with the shields. I guess maybe that's where Co- why I'm thinking yes. of it now. Okay. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So like for LT, for uh, I've never seen any of these pop up ever. Uh, so they're, they're pretty hard to find. I mean, and I, I like this this year for the 05 because it has a little bit of a shine to it. So it, it's it's nice. Yeah, it's got that refractor design that just perfectly fits in with your rest of your PC. I, I need to get out of the SGC slab though. I need to do that ASAP. Just for the looks wise, you prefer a different one? Yeah, I think I'll probably submit it to PSA at some point. Mm-hmm. Do you sometimes like it? This is an SGC 8. Do you ever just one touch it or do you want to keep it in a slab just for protection type of thing? I'll probably keep it in one touch for a while. I, I may not grade it for uh, maybe until like the next national if I go get it done in person or something like that. I generally don't grade that much. 
So it's probably one thing I need to, you know, expand my horizons on, but yeah, you know, I'll probably keep it in one touch for a while. Okay, perfect. Awesome. What's the next card here you want to touch on? Sure. So the next one is for LT, the 2006 finest gold X Fractor out of 10. It's a PSA nine. It's a pop one. There is a PSA 10 copy out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, again, I, I'm a finest simp. I mean, I, I love these years of finest. And, you know, I, I got this from, uh, from Mike, Joe Montana collector, uh, after basically two years of me harassing him, like intermittently for <laughs> every few months. And, you know, and again, it was just, you know, he, he knows that it's not going anywhere. It's, it's for my PC. And, you know, I just made a, a very strong offer and also included the, uh, the base gold. And so he got a, a replacement card. Actually, no, I, I included a, a Terrell Owens card in as well. That I, I, I got off of Comp C that I thought he may like. So, so yeah, it, it's, I guess this is just a lesson too of, of knowing what, like I, in my, in my IG folder, I have just, I save a bunch of posts if it's a card that I may want, or just an example of it. So I know where cards are. Um, and I try to like, you know, if I, if I can see a card that maybe trade bait for someone, um, I, yeah, I try to snag it. And this is one of these instances where I just grabbed the older Terrell Owens card. Um, that was super rare that I thought that Mike may want. So yeah, we worked out a, a trade plus cash deal for this. And this is definitely, you know, probably my favorite LT card. And I, it depends on the day of the week, but this is, I, I really love this card. What is, what is a, what is an intermittent, intermittent harassment message? What does that entail? Oh, so basically like, you know, maybe once every few months, I'll just message someone saying, Hey, just reminder, if you ever decide to move this, you know, just let me know, just to let them know that I'm interested. Um, mm -hmm. But with Mike, since I was, you know, closer with him, I, I would really be like, come on, man, like, just like, what, what do you want? <laughs> like, you know, just, just give me a number. Um, and basically he told me, he's like, this is the number. If I don't hear back from you in 20 minutes, like I, I may never <laughs> sell this again. <laughs> so I, I basically just have a choice, but it, it was a fair price. And, you know, I, I, I love this card. So remind me, do you need the, you need the 05, of course, here still, right? Correct. Yep. I need the 05 Gold X. I need the 02 Finest X out of 20. Uh, both I have never seen for LT. And I actually don't know where any copies are either, which really sucks. Are any at auction houses? Or sorry, not auction houses. Grading companies have they ever been graded? Um, I'm trying to think here. I don't think for the... I don't think there are. I, I don't wow. think so. That's just insane to think about for, you know, 20 years, 20 over 20 years later that we're still still sitting like that. That's just insane. I know it's weird. I don't know how it happens. So one question that I wanted to ask you that um, I think you touched on a little bit earlier, but you know, you kind of mentioned about having um, when you first started doing some things and maybe fund this endeavor in terms of like, you know, buying some collections and selling how much of your growth in a, as your collection here, would you say is that versus, um, you know, just being super deliberate about kind of chipping away and saving a little bit of money here and there, you know what I mean? Like, is it, has it been a mix of, um, kind of buying cards and then when you find the right person, maybe selling it to buy stuff you prefer more, like how much is that has tied in here? Yeah, sure. So I would say probably, you know, probably 90% has been just from buying collections, you know, things like that and minimal actual input uh, from my other budget, so to speak, um, which is just very, very, very lucky because um, before the podcast, I was thinking about the one day with Brett back in early 2022. And on that one, I was talking to him about, this, this guy that I found who was basically liquidating his collection. And, you know, basically over the course of a year, I bought tons of cards from that guy. And um, again, I was just very lucky. And, 
that that was just because I just asked him, hey, do you have anything else? You know, like I saw mm -hmm. that he, I bought a car from him and he said, yeah, I have a, some other stuff. So uh, I always say to, you know, I always just say like, if you're going to, if you're on eBay or something, just always ask, do you have anything else that I may be interested in? Because uh, I, I was very lucky and fortunate to find this guy who was selling, you know, just, he just wanted to get rid of it. So, and a lot of this, and a lot of the, the sales I made were to my friends, which is great because a lot of these cards ended up in the right home. And, you know, it was, it was really nice to see that. So do you kind of view that side of, cause I've it actually, I, I didn't realize um, that that was, um, you know, I guess I knew, like you said, you bought and sold collection, but that's actually how I've funded too. It's kind of like, I don't know if you view it the same way, but it's like, I have this sandbox over here of cards that I don't particularly myself want to collect like super long-term, but I know if I, you know, buy them at the right price at a show or online, and then you can give, still give somebody a pretty good deal and they're getting a card they really want. Meanwhile, turn that money into like, like what you said, and you kind of talked about these cards that, um, you know, you're never, ever, ever, ever going to see again, more than likely. Um, do you kind of view it that way too, where you have this like two different lanes or like, uh, what do you call it? Like avenues that you kind of play in here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was definitely more prevalent in, in 2020, 2021, where I think people were just going through their attics, listing stuff on eBay for these buy it now prices without really knowing what they were listing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's changed dramatically. I think it's nearly impossible to go on eBay these days and get like a super steal unless you're just like really, really lucky. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely how I funded almost my entire collection is just, um, you know, trying to find cards that I think are under, you know, that should be priced higher and, you know, resell them at a fair market value. Um, and, and again, I think also the important thing about doing that is, especially for an IG, is that if you do that, you create relationships with people where, you know, if you sell to them, you know, they know that you're selling at a fair price, you're easy to deal with. And I think that helps moving forward, you know, if you end up want to buy something from them, or if you need like references, you know, they can be references for you to someone else. And what's interesting, and I, I think I'm going to assume part of the success you had is because I would imagine you did a lot of research on these sets, right? It sounds like you probably caught some buy it now listings where stuff hadn't sold in years or maybe ever. And I'm guessing you knew the sets pretty well. So you kind of you know, a lot of other people are going to stop and try to look at what they've sold for. And you can say, no, I know what this is worth. And this is way too cheap. I'm going to buy it. Is that that's kind of where, how that worked? I definitely think so. I mean, to like, listen, there's people do your own work with the research like that paid off, you'd say. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, again, I've been only doing this for, you know, three years and change, but I like I'm very focused on this one time frame and only doing football. And, you know, so like, if you do it long enough, you, you know, which cards are important for for every single player. So you know, this, there's just some cards you see listed that you know are just too cheap. Um, the other thing too, which is nice, that is then if you if you're on IG and you you have buddies who collect that player, you can just give it to that. You know, I mean, you could funnel it to the right person, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. But yeah, it's, it's definitely I think important finding a niche and uh, sticking to it. Awesome. And then the final card here is an absolute beauty. That um, if anyone's listening, please sell me your copy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, yeah. So I already talked about this. So this is a 2005 a gold X Factor for Manning. Uh, for Peyton Manning. Um, again, I don't know how much you want to say again, but this is just by far my, probably my favorite card in my collection. Uh, I, I I waffle back and forth between which year finest I like the most. Um, I was going to ask I, if you had a tier list. So that was going to be my first question on this one was if you had a like, uh, these, these couple are like tier one for you. These couple are kind of whatever. You know, it, it's tough because we're in one of my group chats, we were debating this today. <laughs> this shows how nerdy we are. Between if we like 05 or 06 more. Um, 
I, I at this point I like 05 more because I just like the, the color differentiation. I mean, you can see it between if you're watching this on video, you can see it between the Manning and the LT. You know, I like obviously the, the basically the pure go gold on the 06, but I think just having the different colors on the 05 makes it pretty cool to look at. Um, I also really like the 02 X Fractor. That's a really cool card. Um, you know, with, with the like the the kind of blue and the shimmers. Um, I don't know. It's like asking which one the kids do like the most. Um, the mosaics. I mean, they're not. They're obviously not gold, but they have some incredible shine. Um, and and again, I think I think if you ask anyone who collects these, it's kind of hard to. I would say they probably waffle back and forth. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch mine to you, and you tell me like what you think. So mine is tier one, and this is just anyone listening. Do whatever you want, but this is what I think. I I like oh six oh five oh two. Those are my like. 100% my like top three in no particular order. And then I like like, oh, three is pretty cool. You know, some of these other ones. But then I think outside of that, I'm like, you know, it's not real interesting to me outside of the, that on the other designs too much. What about the mosaics? Yeah, actually true. True, true, true. Yeah, so 2010, 11 are probably up there just strictly because of that. And so I was going to ask Ben here, like, I guess maybe I'll explain what I've done and see if you've ever done this where like, I know that logically i'm not going to be able to find um you know some of these cards for the main guy collect as of like today i can't go find the manning that you're talking about right now but like i i went and picked up maybe some other players and like i found that's kind of a way to like learn the set even if it's not like a super mainstream guy who's like hobby relevant like for instance that you know o2 x fractor you mentioned i just picked up a kurt warner which ironically in video it's like right above me if you can see it um <laughs> But like, I, I actually am learning that I love that when I buy a player that I still care about and it's way more budget friendly. And then now I know, oh, okay. If the Manning pops up, I know a hundred percent I'm going for that. Like, have you ever done that with other players at all? I don't think I've bought cards, but I definitely have, I've harassed or asked buddies just to send videos ah, and everyone, everyone, everyone makes fun of me for this. Cause I, I guess I do this too much, but like, if I'm going after, like, for instance, the, the LT the 01 essential credentials uh the now whatever the one is out of 29 his rookie recently came up for auction it was the first i've never seen a copy in hand so i messaged a bunch of people who had other players and had them send me videos so i was able to look at it to see if it was something i would like so i definitely think what either that or what you do is smart because then you at least know like do you actually like this card before you spend a lot of money on it the video idea is so much smarter. Sometimes I get to these auctions, I'm like bidding and I'm thinking, wow, like one day ago, I should have just reached out to somebody to see if they could send me a video. Cause this scan, I can't tell if this is going to look awesome or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say it is definitely helpful. Uh, like, especially on this essential credentials one they just sold. I mean, it's a really nice card, but it's doesn't have the, the shine of the other years. Like it's kind of a weird year. And you know, I was glad that I saw the video from other people of it because I had like a certain number I was willing to pay on it. And if I hadn't seen that video, I probably would have overpaid and probably would have been upset with the card once I got it. Yeah. Get out of my hair. I'm going to go put you in the bottom of the case. You're going to hide down there for a little bit. Yeah, it, it happens, man. It happens. Awesome. So Ben, I was wondering too, if we could wrap up here, like a fast five, I, 15 minutes. We're only, we're on 52 minutes. This was literally like, I feel like it's been like 15. That was very quick, but it's probably because it's cards that I personally absolutely love. So maybe that's why. <laughs> exactly. So hit me. So first question is give me, um, let's zoom in 20 years of the future in your ideal situation. What would you like your PC to look like? How, like, let's talk if you don't mind, like a high level, and you, of course you don't know, but maybe quantity 
and like type and like that sort of thing? What do you, what are you envisioning? Like, where do you want to work towards? Well, I mean, ideally I would love to find these, these missing finds for LT. I mean, I like, uh, I would definitely want to put those cards together. And I think over time, I just really want to just add as many grail cards for these players as I can, like for right now for, for Manning, um, I forget if I said this before we started recording, but, you know, I kind of got to the point where I was picking up some of his other cards, but it just wasn't like, I'm never going to be at a level of some of these other collectors, like in our chat who would just like, no matter how much time or money I put into, I would never be anywhere near them. So I'm, for Manning right now, I'm basically just stopping where I'm at right now. I'm very happy with, with that part of the PC, but for, for LT and Strahan, I just really want to add as many grail cards as I can for them over time. I mean, there's, you know, if you go through the Becca list, there's tons of supers for LT that have never popped up. I mean, like, like you, we were talking about the Leaf Certified Materials. I've never seen any one of those shields. So I would like to just maybe have like maybe 20 to 30 of the best cards of each player that I can have for those two. That's awesome. And do you envision adding new players at some point? I, you know, I, of course, I, if you I had them in mind, you'd probably do it today, but just curious. Well, no, it's a fair question because at one point I very briefly dabbled in Bruce Smith uh, just because, again, you know, I defensive line was in high school. I really liked that position. And, you know, he was someone that just really didn't get much hobby love. So I actually dabbled in him for maybe like four months or so, but it just, it just got too much <laughs> just adding that extra player for me. So I, I, I shut that down. Uh, but yeah, I mean, depending on where I am, you know, in my life financially, you know, maybe like I just get tired of just doing what I am now. But uh, yeah, I can definitely see myself adding someone potentially down the road. Awesome. Um, I, I would love to, sorry, I would love to oh, do someone from like the late 90s, you know, mm -hmm. like to get in all those awesome sets, like, you know, not Manning or Moss because they're super expensive. But, you know, that, that's why I really wish Strahan was in some of these, these other, these nicer sets. Yeah, I relate to you on that because Manning and Moss, I, well, I collect them and it's, you know, awesome. It's, they're both well-traveled. They're, I'm not catching a lot of these people ever. Um, unless I again hit the lottery or my I get to be CEO at my company or something. But um, regardless, but I, I wonder too, like what players I could look back on, like you maybe said, where there there are guys who are a little underappreciated that you could get like some of the best of the best stuff and they mean something to you. That would be the last part's the hard part because I didn't watch you know during that era, so that's the tricky part. Yeah, that that is the hard part. I mean, I know some of my buddies they do uh, uh, like they they collect you know certain teams from that like the their team collectors. I just haven't gotten into that yeah yeah my collecting journey maybe i will someday yeah. that makes sense awesome and then second question here um you already kind of uh, had hinted at this uh, are there any cards that come to mind that you actually regret selling because just you haven't been able to find them back and you you know tried getting them back or anything like that yeah so one that comes to mind specifically is uh when justin uh von card nc was putting together his 98 pmg run i sold him my strahan copy that i had and the reason I sold it is because it is like the dumbest picture I've ever seen with Strahan, like falling backwards into a mountain. Um, it makes no sense. You know, there's all these other great from the 98 set where there's all these, there's these awesome skyscrapes and yada, yada, yada. But like for Strahan, it was just so stupid. And, uh, you know, I sold it to Justin when he was playing the set together. But then, like you know, six months later, I was like, "Damn it, I probably shouldn't have sold that to him." He, he ended up moving, and when he when he shut down that part of his uh, PC wing, but uh, but yeah, that's probably like one that comes to mind is even though I don't like the the picture of it, it's such an important card for him that I I I, I would like to get it back if I could. Makes sense. So, third question here. 
Um, if what is what is your favorite hobby outside of collecting cards? How about that? Oh God, I really don't have many. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I like to to hike with you know my wife. Uh, we have a, a dog who's three now, so we spend a ton of time with him. Um, you know, I, I do some like uh, investing, you know, like you know stock picking stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm I'm kind of a simple person, I guess. I, I probably spend too much time on cards. I guess that's what that tells you. <laughs> no, you're hist- you'll be a historian over time or something. That's like a <laughs> that can be your second second career there after we don't yeah. need money anymore. We're retired. <laughs> Fourth question here: Would you ever move past these kind of 2010s? Like you're, you know, I, you have the mosaics like 2010, 2011. Do you ever envision stepping later on? Like, do you ever, ever have that come to mind? Like some of the prism golds or anything like that? You know, that's a fair question. Um, for Manning, if it wasn't so expensive, I probably would. I, I just don't want to be putting that type of money into it right now. For LT right now, I'm just sticking to his San Diego playing years. So from 01 to 09, that's kind of, I do have one mosaic from 2010 of him in the Jets uniform. And every time I look at it, I want to throw up. Um, but um <laughs> <laughs> leaving that aside right now i'm just doing playing years uh for for lt and for right now for manning i only have uh besides those six i do have the 2012 pulsar of him out of 10 in the, the broncos jersey uh but I, there's only one car i ever regret not getting for lt that was not a playing year and that was his uh 2013 select gold out of 10 i knew you're gonna say that because we talked about that yeah. yeah which was just sitting on ebay for a long time i think back in 2021 for like $90 or $100 and I just should have bought it but you know right now I don't see myself doing that it's, it's not necessarily that I don't have anything against non-playing years it's just that it's just a nice easy restriction for myself so that I don't go overboard on spending yeah and I always like it's to me the hard part is like I see like the 2022 like black finite prism whatever and then it wouldn't be so bad if the price was reasonable then I see the price and I'm like whoa I know what I could get for that. Like that's actually playing, you know, that's always kind of what scares me off a little bit. Yeah, and they can print like other people say all the time, they can print them forever. So mm-hmm. it, it's nice just to have, I mean, for me anyway, it's just nice to have a natural like bookend. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, some closure there um, in terms of not worrying. And also like, I feel like you've been, you don't worry about what's happening today, you know, like how they're printing. Oh, yeah. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice um, peace of mind thing there too. Yeah, exactly. So, so fifth question here, if you had to start from zero, let's say you never got into the hobby and you were starting today, but you have the knowledge you have now, would you kind of do everything the same way you've done it? Or is there any other way you would have approached this that maybe you didn't, um, you didn't get a chance to just because you were kind of, were going already in different lanes when you started? Uh, that's a good question. I would probably do it very similar to the way that I did. I mean, I may, you know, one thing that I may have done differently is if I saw a super rare card of another player pop up, a Hall of Famer, who I, I probably would have grabbed those more often than I did, um, just because, you know, they're good trade bait, you know, and, and they're they're probably easy to move if I wanted to consolidate into, like, my PC player. So that's probably, like, the main thing I would have done differently is maybe be a little bit more broader, you know, if I'm trying to acquire cards to, to fund the PC. Awesome. Totally makes sense. I appreciate this, Ben. That was super, super fun. A great first time talking face-to-face. Love learning about your collection here. Thanks so much for hopping on. Thanks, man. Appreciate everything you're doing. Keep it up.